0: Our precious Father, we want to thank you again for the privilege we have to study your word. We trust you, Lord, that you grant us understanding in these studies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're talking about prayers today. We're talking about praying to get results, praying to get results. And then we want to remind ourselves of two very important things we mentioned. there are other important things that we'll continue with but just want to refresh our memory about two things that are very very important that we mentioned uh, so we don't forget them. The Bible says, when you remind believers of these things then you're a good minister of the gospel. Number one do not go outside the word of God for anything at all. Do not go outside the word of God for anything at all. No matter how wonderful it looks, no matter how, how much miracles you see there No matter how enticing, colorful, and how many people go there, do not go outside the Word of God for anything at all, including prayer. You need to make sure that you are staying within the Word of God in everything you do, including prayer. It doesn't matter how you feel. Stay within the Word of God. It doesn't matter if you see results or not. Just stick with the Word of God. Stick with the Word of God. And to be sure... That the answer you are getting, the miracle you are getting, is not from Satan. Because when you get outside the word of God, you get into the devil's territory. It's darkness. It can give you miracles. Just to perpetuate you, to perpetuate you in falsehood. you do anything to, to make sure that you don't, you, don't, you don't walk in the truth. So just to be sure that what we're doing is right, they're praying to get results correctly, we need to stick with the word of God. 1 John fifteen seven. If you abide in me, that is, if you trust me, if you believe me, if you believe me, if you believe who I am, that's how we started to abide in him. The vine, the branch, how we became a branch was that we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you started to abide in the vine. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, if my words are active in you, it's not forgetfulness. It's not you hear and forget. It doesn't guide your, your, your thinking. If my word is active in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. This is our Lord Jesus Christ telling us that prayer must be based on his word and faith in him. Faith in him and his word. Now, remember that God watches over only his word to perform it. He doesn't perform any other word. Only his word is what he watches over to perform. And we say that God does everything according to his own will. Not anybody's will. According to his own will, according to his own purpose. I got to read that scripture. Us, according to the will of God, is sin. So we don't, we don't expect God to to violate His own will and commit sin. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So God does everything according to the counsel of His will. Now, there are people who put Scripture correctly, quote it correctly, but they give it wrong interpretation interpretation from their human mind, interpretation from their experience. Well, experience is good as long as it lines up with the Word of God. You don't make the Word of God line up with your experience. You make your experience line up with the Word of God because the Word of God does not change. You can't manipulate it. Your experience lines up with the Word of God. You don't, you don't manipulate the Word of God to line up with your own experience. It doesn't happen that way. So there are people who quote the quote scripture correctly. But they interpret it with their human mind and reasoning. Look at what Peter wrote in 2 Peter 1:20. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. You, you can't, it's not going to come from my, my own understanding, your own understanding, our wisdom. No, this is the wisdom of Almighty God. He says, verse 21, or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they spoke from God. So only God can interpret scripture for you. And he does that with his word. He does that with his word. Scripture interprets scripture so you get it in the proper context. You don't take a verse and run with it. You don't. You've got to have a verse and then you have another verse that brings it in the proper context of what God wants to say. So the Holy Spirit interprets scripture with scripture, Matthew 18, 16 said, But if he will not hear you, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word, every word may be established. Personally, I prefer one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament, but, but it cannot be from the New Testament. It cannot be from the New Testament. There's no hard and fast rule about that, but every word is established where you have two or three witnesses of Scripture. Now, prayer is so important, and it's one thing that Christians do not go back to the Scripture to to be guided by it, to be sure that what we're doing is right. Instead, all we practice in prayer is what others do. We just come and get into into the tradition. It's what others do. It's what denominations do. It's what somebody does and tells us to do. All we do in prayer is just that. We just come to the flow. But prayer is so important, we should pause, go back to Scripture and say, let me even do a study on prayer. What did God say about prayer? What did, you know, the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. We should do that. We should go back and kneel down and say, Lord, teach me to pray. And go to the Scripture and search to know what the Scripture says about prayer from, from the mouth of the Spirit of God himself. And then, you know, when we study that, we're going to learn how to pray. We're going to learn how not to pray. And we're going to learn how to pray for the church, the Bible teaches us how to pray for the body of Christ. The Bible teaches us how to pray for missionaries, how to pray for pastors, how to pray for leaders, government leaders, spiritual leaders. The Bible teaches us how to pray for them, how to pray for your family, how to pray for the nation. It's all in there. It's all in there, and the Bible gives us important prayer topics that the Holy Spirit put in the Bible as examples that we can replace such things for ourselves and get the same result that Paul got, Peter got, all of them got. There are very wonderful prayers in that, in that Bible, in, especially in the letters written to the church, which is the interpretation of the Gospels of what Jesus did. When you see in those letters, you are going to find wonderful, wonderful prayer topics that will bless you, enhance your spiritual life, enhance you physically, enhance, and, and, and keep you healthy. If you, if, you, if you go to the scripture to learn how to pray. The second thing we said, very important point, is that we need to be reminded that the love of God must guide and control everything we do. Everything we do. Second, Corinthians 5:14: Either way, Christ's love controls us. In prayer, relationship, Christ's love controls us. Why God is love. Christ's love controls us. He says, since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life, that was selfish 15. He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life, those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Selfishness is dead. The new life is the life and nature of Christ who died for us. So when we receive that same life and nature of Christ who died for us, then we can very easily now lay down our lives for others, have concern for others to the extent that we seriously and pray for them meaningfully, not to fulfill all righteousness. He said in verse 15, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life we no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Now, the word Paul used here, which is control, it, 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 it's, it says it motivates the love of God motivates all we do. I found out that that word means to compel. The love of God compels us. The word of God orders. The word of God controls us. The word of God lays hold of us, overwhelms us. Completely dominate us. So you see, Paul is stating the real motive, the godly motive behind what a Christian does. God is love. So God's love dominates us. God's spirit dominates us in prayer too. So that we don't pray selfish prayer. It's only me, my family, my children, my job, my health. And all the testimonies is about me, 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 me. Now, if you study prayers in the Bible, it will cure you of that, because you won't find out any of that in the Bible. So, um, a prayer must be controlled by the love of God, just as our life is controlled by the love of God. Remember, the scripture says, he who does not love does not know God at all. If it's not love, God's not in it, does not know God at all. So, let's just see how God sees this selfless act of loving people genuinely. Acts 10, verse 1. We have somebody, Cornelius. I'm reading from, I think, TPT translation. At that time, there was a Roman military officer, Cornelius, who was in charge of 100 men stationed in Caesarea. He was the captain of the Italian regiment, a devout man of extraordinary character who worshipped God and prayed regularly together with all his family. He also had a heart for the poor, He had a heart for the poor and gave generously to help them. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had an open vision and saw the angel of God appear right in front of him. Calling out his name, Cornelius, startled, he was overcome with fear by the sight of the angel. He asked, "What what, what do you want, Lord? The angel said, all of your prayers and your generosity to the poor have ascended before God as an eternal offering or as an offering that he remembers. You see, see, not just his prayer, but his prayer and his investment in other people's life has ascended up to God as something that pleases God. Not just prayer, a prayer and his investment in other people's lives. God smells it as a wonderful perfume. It pleases God. You know, Jesus said, For this, my father loveth me because I laid down my life for others. It pleases God when we invest in others, when we come to God and bring other people in prayer, not just us. And you know, when the devil focuses you only on yourself and, the, and, and fortifies you in selfishness, you, you'll be very, very, very colour. You'll be the center of your life. Everything revolves around. You. Everybody, if you are not, everything must be according to your dictation. That's not Christianity, though. So we said these things and we're reminding ourselves about these things because they are very important for us to know. Now, the concept of divine provision before you call should be clear to every Christian. God anticipates our problems and provides the answers even before we call. We said that and we read it in the scripture, what the Bible says about it. It says, before you call, before You call, I have answered you. And so God says in Isaiah 65 verse 24, Isaiah 65 verse 24, I will answer them before they even call to me. Before you even call, God said, I'll answer. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. God says, I anticipate those things. I know you have need of those things. He said, don't Don't let it be your primary concern. Your primary concern should be the kingdom of God kingdom affairs. I'm a good father. He says, I know you have need of these things. He said, let the heathens worry about it. They don't know me. They don't know my provision. They don't know me. So they they, they, they don't have any connection with me. So all they have connection with is their life, their world, and this world. That's all. He said, they worry about these things, but you shouldn't worry about them. Because I know you have need of them. So he says in Luke chapter 12, Verse 30, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your father knew that you have need of these things, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God. Don't seek all these things that they seek after. And all things shall be added to you. When you seek the kingdom of God and what pleases God, all things shall be added to you. God says, I know you need them. You're not coming to God to tell God what he doesn't know about you. You're not going to say, Lord, you, know, you didn't know I needed the shoe. He knew that. And he knows you come and pray and ask. So God says, before you pray, I've quit, means God's saying, I anticipate your problem before you get there. So God is not waiting for you to say, okay, he needs water. Oh, and market, we'll give him water. Let's go get water. No, he anticipates that. Provides water for you. But you need to know where the water is. You need to know where the water is. Now, say, so let's see some examples. We started to talk about Hagar and Ishmael. When Hagar was in the wilderness driven out away way by Sarah and Abraham, and then he thought the baby would die, but God showed him a well of water, which was by her, but she didn't know that, that God has gone ahead and provided the need before they got there. Now, let's read some more examples. Second Kings 4.4, 4. and I want you to take note of these examples. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets, I'm reading New Living Translation. To Elisha and cried, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me what, tell me what do you have in the house? Elisha said, Before this problem, God has provided an answer. What do you have in the house? What is there that God has put in place already to solve this problem? What do you have in the house? The woman said, Nothing at all, except a flask of oil. She replied. And Elisha said, That's okay. That's the answer right there. And I wanted to see that this pattern of things happened a lot in the New Old Testament and even with our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he said, Borrow the Elijah said, and Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Verse 4. Then go into your house with your sons. Shut the door behind you. Now, I want to warn us, miracles mostly do not take place where there is thick unbelief and doubt. That's why Jesus came and drove them away. Miracles, don't, 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 don't really practice your faithful miracle in the midst of unbelief and doubt. It will affect you. So Elijah says, shut the door. Don't let everybody come in. Shut the door. So now he says, Pour oil, olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When you don't make provision for the miracle, it stops. When there's no expectation for it, it stops. It just stops. It just stops. If you don't prepare for it, it's not going to happen. Now, verse 7. When she told the man of God what has happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live on what is left. Now, let's see Elisha again in 2 Kings 4 42. 2 Kings 4 is full of miracles by Elisha. But let's see this one again. Then a man came from Balshalisha and brought the man of God bread of the face fruits, 20 loaves of barley bread, and newly ripened grain in his knapsack. And he said, give it to, Elisha said, give it to the people that they may eat. Apparently they didn't have food. And then somebody brought Elisha this food, this bread. And then Elisha said, give it to the people that they may eat. But his servant said, what? This is not the solution, sir. Elijah said, no, that's the solution. God already provided it. And I want you to watch that when God provides the solution, it looks insignificant. Why? Because it's not your power that make it happen. It is God using that thing that is insignificant. So now, so now he says, but his servant said, what? Shall I say this before 100 men? He said again, give it to the people that they may eat. For thus said the Lord, they shall eat and have some leftover. See what Jesus did, Elijah did here in a small scale. So he set it before them and they ate and had some leftover according to the word of the Lord. But the servant was thinking, this cannot solve this problem. Elijah said, no, the the answer has come before this thing came. God has moved somebody to bring us that man had been prepared by God way longest time, longest time. I remember when I couldn't pay for my wife, when we had to go to school. I needed to pay 500 naira, and I didn't have it. Sorry, but I didn't have it. And I didn't have it. So <laughs> I went to ask for help from a rich relation. He ran me out. He said, I'm not giving. So the Lord said to me, did I send you to him? I was like Abraham who went to Egypt. He said, I should go to a brother who is a plumber and really poor. I want you to know that God provides before he comes. So he gave me the name, and I went to the brother, and I came in. I said, can I borrow 500 naira from you? He said, borrow? He said, so you are the owner of this money. He so said, I've been keeping it. The Lord told me, keep it. It's not your money. Way back, I've been keeping it. And when he brought it out, it was from an umbrella where he hid it. The thing had mold. That would tell you how long it's been there. And God knew that this problem would come and provided it somewhere for me. But I didn't ask him, and I went by my own understanding to reach people and they kicked me out. I didn't ask him. So in the New Testament, we see our Lord Jesus do what Elijah did on a larger scale. John 5, 6, 5. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip. Listen to this. For he already knew what he was going to do. He knew that before this need came, the Father had provided it. He already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? See the same question? Elisha's servant asked he said, give hundred men, hungry men this, how can you feed them? Elisha said, give them. God has provided, give them. So here they are looking down on divine provision. By the grace of God we're going to talk more about this and then, and then, because Jesus knew what he was going to do. He knew how the father operates. The father has said, I know you have need of this. I anticipate it and I provide it. He knew how his father operates. That's what we must know. So in verse, in verse 9, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down. It's like Jesus said, okay, now the answer is here. Let's everybody sit down now. We've got the answer. Everyone see that Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered five thousand. Then Jesus took the loaves. See, he didn't start praying. Pray, 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 let's pray. God move, God move. It's like reminding God to be faithful. <laughs> Just reminding God to be faithful. Can you imagine what we do? Pushing God, God, God to move, God to move. Push him, God to move. That's what we do <laughs> because we're learning from people. We learn it from people, you know. <laughs> so here, when Jesus, Jesus took the loaves because that was the answer. Get what he did? Gave thanks to God. Why give thanks, Lord? This is the answer. You provided it. Wow, awesome! He gave thanks to God, and he knew that this there was nothing else required of him, and distributed them to the people. Nothing else required as God provided it. You see, God says, "I use foolish things to confound the wise." If you want to work with God, you've got to know the ways of God. You've got to really know the ways of God. So, after what he did, the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. Twelve. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up these pieces and filled twelve baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous signs, they exclaimed, "Surely he is the prophet who has who have been as we have been expecting." When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Oh, if it is today, ah, man of God, hey, they want to make it. Yeah, <laughs> he turned a politician immediately. The one who want to do things, we say the Lord told me. Yeah, it's the will of God for me. We just do all these candles. Things that turn around and harm us. and mess our lives up. You know, we take all this glory. Glory, you know. I have the anointing. You know, the anointing is on me, man. No, Jesus slipped away. He said, don't give me that glory. Give it to my father. Because he said, "My, my father provided this. He gave thanks to him. My father provided it. Now, let's look at creation. Genesis 1. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there there was light. Verse 26. Fast forward to verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him. Male and female created them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and, have the f- and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you, I have given you now, provided for you now every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and everything in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat, as food, "And and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the earth, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had done, made, and behold, it was very good. And every, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, God says, hey, listen, I know you are going to need food. I provided you food. That's right here. You have water. I know you need water to live. God made water. God didn't wait for Adam to come and say, you know what? I think I'm hot, thirsty. And God said, yeah, let me provide water for you. No, he provided everything they need to leave. Everything Adam and Eve needed to live in that place was fully provided. And God said, I've given these things to you. Use them, control them, meet your needs with them. What, what possibly could Adam be praying for really? God provided everything before he created them. would have been reversed if he created them first and said, okay, now Adam, I think you need air. Let me create air. Ah, you need food. Let me create food. You know what? You need water. Let me create water. Oh, you need this. Let me create. No, God put, anticipated this people's need. Put everything in place. Isn't that God we say does not change? Isn't it not the same God we say? God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore does. There's no idea of changing him. If he did that at creation, that's the way he does things. Now, in the new creation, it was patterned the same way. Before God created us in Christ, he provided everything we need to live. In Christ. Everything. Second Peter 1-2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power had given to us all things. Not so. All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. He said all things you need to live a godly life for this life has been given to you through coming to know Christ. Before you came to know Christ, it was provided. It was provided in Christ. When you knew him, it was now yours. Verse 4. By which we have been given. See, the the tense is past tense. We have been been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I want to read this in two other translations. 2 Peter 1.3, this is T.P.T. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given you Magnificent promises that are beyond our all price. So that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. He's talking about new creation. Old things are passed away. Now you have divine nature. You have the life. And then you have the life and the, and the life of God in you as a new creature. That's what he's talking about. But by this new being made a new creature, you have escaped the corruption in the, in the former life. Old man, you have escaped the corruption. You know, so, And this is a fulfillment of divine promise that he made to us that we'll have eternal life. That's a divine promise. So through this promise now, we have received everything we need for life and godliness. Now let me read one more translation. I think this is a uh, New Living Translation, I think so. I think it's new. This one, I'm going to read this new. I wrote it, or message. Oh, I think it's message. It says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us. So why did we keep them? Why did we keep them? Miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received we were also given absolutely terrific promises that pass on to us. You are tickets to participation in the life of God. After you turned your back on a world corrupt by lust. So you turned your back and come to Jesus. Everything you need to live a godly life has been given to you. Everything we need to live life in this, in this, in this world has been given to us. Whether the, gospel, the Bible is true or not. But the Bible is true. Remember, before God created Adam, he put everything in place physical one, in the spiritual life. Before we came to Christ and were born again, he had already provided everything we need for this life, and we need to serve him for godliness in Christ. Already provided. We just received it by coming to... He didn't create it when we came to know Christ. It was there. We came to know Christ, and then he became ours. All of it. Now, First Corinthians 2.12, now we have received... Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The Holy Spirit is here to show us those things, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually designed. Now, when you when you don't want to grow spiritually, you want, you prefer to live a carnal life. You have no interest in scripture. You have no interest in knowing the truth. You have no interest in all of these things. All these things will look foolish to you. You, you wonder how how can this, how can eternal life be what I need? How can this be what I need? You'll be looking for spiritual blessings where it's not, where it's not. You think that it's in ritualism, in doing ritualism, no, it's in Christ, not in rituals, it's in Christ. So now the Bible said that the, the people of God are destroyed for lack of knowledge, for not knowing the solution God has provided for them. And so they are looking for solution where there's no solution. The Bible says that they're digging wells that are dry, dry wells. That's dry. And that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes, again, because we don't study, we don't know these truths. We join prayer prayer, 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 Let me ask you a question. Haven't you, didn't the scriptures say you've been blessed? If you've been blessed, why are you bought fasting for 30 days to be blessed? If you've been blessed, if you know what you're doing, if you really know what you're doing. Now, the book of Hebrew confirms this thing that we're saying again. Hebrew chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since a the promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to them, was preached to us, as well as to them. But the word which they had did not profit them. It didn't profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in those that had them. They didn't believe it. It was foolishness to them. If it is not foolishness to you, you sell everything and go for it. You will you, 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 you be invested in it with all your heart. But because it's foolishness to you, you think it's not important. So you invest in the, in the things of the world the riches of the world. You invest in what those who don't know God are invested in and because you please them, they accept you. You think you are making it. You've been deceived. God says, I will use the foolish things to confound all those are." The riches of Christ is totally different from the riches of this world. The glory of God is far better than the glory of this world. So, Hebrews says, verse 4, Three. For we who have believed Do enter that rest as he said So I swore in my right That they shall not enter my rest Although the works were finished From the foundation of the world This work was finished For he has spoken in a certain place Of the seventh day in this way And God rested on the seventh day From his, all his works See, it's talking about What happened at creation It's what has happened in new creation, that like God rested after creation and said, This we should enter the rest of God. The work is done. If you believe it, then enter his rest. Stop trying to make God do what is done for you. And then verse 5. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remained that some must enter. And those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again. He designates a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would have not afterwards have spoken of another day. Verse 9. There remained therefore a rest for the people of God. A rest for the people of God, because the work has been finished. Verse 10. For he who has entered his rest has himself also seized from his works as God did from his. Can't imagine Adam trying to create anything, trying to make anything happen. Say, look, if you enter his race as God did, then you, you have believed, you have, you have really believed that this work is completed. Then verse, verse 10, for he who has entered his race has himself also seized from his own works as God did from his. The word discovers our condition. The word discovers our condition. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Be diligent to stop trying to create what God has already provided for you. Be diligent to enter his rest. Be diligent to enter his rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Now, we seek to know these things that have been provided so we cease from our works. We cease from our walks. Like Jesus, when, when they said we have this bread, we have this fish, there was nothing more to do. He just thanked God for it and put it to use and sat down. No prayer, no, no shouting. It didn't require that. But I, said, I know you have need of distance. It's a confidence, trust that what God provided, because God provided it because it's from God, because it's from God, is the solution to that. Because it's from God, so we need to seek to know those things that the Holy Spirit is showing us. And then one way we seek it is we study the scripture. Study to show yourself approved. So you don't be ashamed. Study. And then Proverbs tells us, Proverbs four twenty to 22, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saints. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. If you find it, if you care. To find means you seek. To seek means you invest your time in it. If you don't care about it, that's okay. That's your choice. But God has told us what to do. Find this, then the world will reveal to you what I provided for you. Now, in, again, another way to seek for it is through prayer. You seek for it in studying. You seek for it through prayer. The Bible said, if you seek, you find. Then Ephesians 1.15, we see Paul praying that prayer. Ever since I first heard of your Strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's pe- people everywhere. I have not stopped thanking God for you and pray for you constantly. What are you asking, Paul? Is it the same prayer list? I want you to see this prayer list and tell me if you have had this thing in, in prayer, prayer groups and everything. If it's not about my job, my wife, and the devil. See what he says, I pray for you constantly. say so when you read scripture, you learn how to pray for the church. You will, the Spirit of God will teach you. This is what you pray for your church. This is what you pray for your life center you lead. This is what you pray for the Sunday school you teach. Some people teach Sunday school. It is cold. There's no life in it. There's no life in it. Because they themselves are cold. This is the prayer. You learn how to pray for the church. This is how you learn. Then he says, verse 17, I, I ask God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Number two prayer topic, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand, so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. Confident hope is expectation that arises because of what he has given you, those he called. His holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Prayer topic three. I also pray that you will understand. The, see what he's praying about? Understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. The Bible says this power works in us. The power that raised Jesus works in me and works in you. Now you say, God, you, you pray for power? <laughs> pray for power? Are you serious? nineteen. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven's room. That's what God gave you. Awesome power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that worketh in you and me. And can knock out anything, knock out sickness. That's the power that, that, that healed the, the, the woman with the issue of blood. That same power. It's not, it's not duplicate. It's that same power. that's that same spirit. That same power. That's in Jesus. That same Power has gone out of me. It's that same power. That's in me. at the in you. That same power. Provided. I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. I've given you power, 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 power. And then the Bible says, We have overcome the world. Why? Because the greater one, the greater power, the greater one, the power of God, Christ, the power of God, lives in us. That's what Paul is praying. That will understand the greatness of this power that lives in us. But the apostles knew what they had, and they put it to use. In Acts 3, 6, then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give thee. He said, I have something. It's not silver and gold. Though. But silver and gold can make you work. Now you see, it's simple wisdom. The, the riches of Christ is more powerful, more powerful than all the central banks in the world put together. Peter said, "I don't have silver and gold, but I have something. I have received something from Him that solves problem. I have something, and it will solve your problem. You've been here from birth; you couldn't walk, but I have something that will make you walk right now." Then Peter said, "Silver and gold have I number, such as I have." I have such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped. He leaping up, stood, walked, entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping, praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Sure. And Peter explained this in verse twelve. Peter said. Hey, and when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel at this? Why are you marveled at this thing now? Why look you at, so earnestly at on us as though by our own power and holiness we have made this man to walk? No, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified his son Jesus. He gave us his name. And when we use the name, God glorifies that name. That is the Lord over sickness. Glorify the Son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him the presence of Pilate. And in verse 16, he said, And his name, through faith in his name, have made this man strong, whom you see and know. Now, some people say, Now, if everything is provided, why do we pray? The reason people ask that question is that the only prayer they know is asking. Is asking. Because we don't study scripture. There are many powerful prayers in that scripture. It's not just asking. We are all, every prayer meeting is asking. Ask, 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 ask. Big, big, big. No, not every prayer meeting, most prayer meeting. Ephesians six eighteen, Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. All manner of prayer. There are many types of prayer you can pray, effective prayer that does not include asking. Number two. We ask for some things because we do not know we have them already. We're not convinced that we have it. We're not convinced that what gave us will work. So we just go ask it. And because God knows that we're at various levels of understanding, uh, he, will, he, will, he, will, he will prompt us to ask, he will give us. It's just like when you have, if you come to your house, you know, you have the adult children come, go to the kitchen, get the food, warm it and eat. But the smaller ones come and call mommy, I'm hungry. And mommy will go get the same food that is their own, but because they can't handle it, they can't. They don't the mommy they come and give them. But the adult ones will come, they don't come mommy, nothing. They go, there's food in the fridge, they take it warm eat and they, they're done. Again, the Holy Spirit can prompt you to ask. Only Him knows what is appropriate at the moment. You can be a grown up Christian and He will prompt you to ask. Pray like this. Ask for that. So only Him knows what is appropriate at the moment. We have infirmities and limitations in prayer. Only him can help us out. Because we don't know everything. Just don't know everything. Now, look at this type of prayer that the early church prayed. And I want you to tell me, if you, call, if you declare fasting, and say don't ask anything. Tell me how many people would do that. Ask that thing too. To. Ask that thing too. Fasting was declared not to ask nothing. Because they understood that you pray with all manner of prayers. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, they were worshiping and fasting. They were not begging for anything, not asking for anything. Pray with all manner of prayers. The Holy Spirit said, as they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit began to manifest in their midst. Dedicate Barnabas and Saul to the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, not asking for the type of prayer list we carry to God, after more fasting and prayer, more worship, more worship, more worship. That shall worship the Lord thy God. That shall worship the Lord thy God. God is seeking people to worship him. They were worshiping God. All manner of prayer. If you go to a typical prayer meeting until you begin asking, people know you have to ask. Once you, yeah, you hear everybody's voice, go up. But let's worship him. Unless you put the instrument, you hear much. You have to put the instrument and that's really not even worship because we're enjoying the music. I remember when I got saved newly. My wife and I were in a prayer meeting. And our, the good man next to us was praying for all his enemies to die. They must die because they don't have to so evil. They were worshiping God. Brethren, you know what angels do in heaven? Worship him 24 hours. All the elders just worship him. That's just tell you how awesome worshiping God is. I'm not begging for anything. Worshiping him. Lifting him up. You don't have, you don't need me. There's no music. It's just flowing from your spirit. See, to worship him because of who he is. The Bible says, pray with all manner of prayers, with supplication, with all your heart. How about the, how about fasting? I say, I'm going to set aside time just to worship you, Lord. I'm going to fast to worship you. I'm not going to pray for money, pray for this, pray for all these things that all this. You will not see the things we pray for all the time. We see them in the Bible see any chapter and verse is there. And yet, God supplied all those needs. Remember in the early church, people who had land sold all those things, brought it, or that with eat, and go and see what the Holy Spirit was doing in their midst. When God said to Abraham, see, I've given you a child. Abraham knew the answer had come. He knew he was come. What was he doing? He was worshiping God. He never went to God and said, Lord, Sarah, we need to pray. Oh, we need to pray some more. Mm, We need to fast now. Why is it that? uh, Must you fast for everything? So fasting has become your confidence. No more Jesus. Fasting is good. We should fast. But fasting, when it begins to replace Christ, you are in trouble already. I'm telling you. you, you Oh, unless you fast, nothing happens. No, no, it's not true. It's not true. Again, you've gotten off the word. The word, there's no place the word recommends that. The word of God doesn't recommend that. But fasting is good, and we should fast. As education demands, that the Spirit of God inspires it, you can't walk in your own wisdom and your own knowledge. You get off the Word of God. You get off the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So well, we need to understand that, yes, these things have been provided for us, but we can, we can appropriate them through worship, appropriate them through many other types of prayer, and then we can even ask for them if the Holy Spirit so inspires us to do. Because only Him knows what we don't know. So we can't continue along this line. Uh, Next Thursday is not Bible studies because uh, we have Christmas service the following day, which is 25th. So 24th, there will not be Bible studies because we are going to have service the following day. But after that, in the new year, we continue to talk about prayers and make sure that we are praying to get results. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you, give you praise and glory for revealing your heart to us. You are not a man. What you did at creation, you repeated at new creation. You don't change. You don't change. You just don't change. You gave us your spirit to show us these things that have been freely given to us for life and godliness. I pray, Lord, that you help us to search and seek them out. Like Peter. In confidence, we can say, I have this, and I have this, and I have that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.